Hello, I'm Stephen Groom. Welcome to Let God Speak. True education has to do with the combined physical, mental and spiritual aspects of a person. For most of human history, education took place in the home. Therefore, the family should be understood as our first classroom. Our Bible study today will look at how the family plays a vital role in our education for life and eternity. On our panel today, we have Pastor Mike Browning and Rosemary Malkovich. Let us begin with prayer, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of studying this vital subject of family and education. And I pray that you'll be with us, help our audience to understand this important lesson we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As human beings, we are always hopefully learning. In fact, life itself is a school. Question one to Rosemary. Who was honoured to be in the very first family on earth and what education did they receive? Well, we have Adam and Eve and the children that they had, which I presume would have been a lot, but two of them we know were Cain and Abel, so they were there too. And they were outside the garden, so they could see the garden. They could see the beauty, the perfection. This is after the fall. This is after the fall. And they could see that beauty and perfection of the garden while they're standing on the outside where sin had been affecting the world. Adam and Eve would have told them what had happened, why they were outside the garden. They would have taught them about the sacrifices that God had instituted for pointing forward to the one who was going to come and die for their sins because that was an important part of their training. Um, And also they would have told them about their personal relationship, what their encounter was with their loving God before they sinned while they were in the garden. Important aspects of what God was going to do. And God, of course, had promised to send a saviour. Yes, of course. What would surely have been part of the education that Adam and Eve imparted to their children, Mike? Well, first of all, how to work with with the magnificent environment that God had given them. And um, this was... This was an essential. They knew they had to know how to care for the world that God had put them in and given them. Um, he also indicated, and in Genesis chapter three describes this: the um, the restrictions that He placed upon them. There were some, and uh, even in the perfect environment before sin came in, there were some restrictions. Um, very minor, but very important restriction was placed on them. Yes. And speaking of those restrictions, I'd like to read from the Bible in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16 and says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And he put a, he said, We can eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they cannot eat. Um, Question number three, why did God test Adam and Eve with the tree in the Garden of Eden, Rosemary? Well, as it said there, God created lots of beautiful trees with beautiful food on them. But there was only one that he said, do not eat of that tree. That tree's mine. You're not allowed to take it. And it was a test because God gave man freedom of choice. And there was an enemy. 
Um, and so God needed to test their loyalty to him and let them choose who they wanted to follow, who they wanted to have rule over them, whether they wanted him who had created everything for them or whether they wanted his enemy who was trying to take control to rule their lives. Yes. And the Bible tells us that they didn't pass that first test, did no. they? They did um, eat the, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, what is the implications for for this act of disobedience for our first parents. Yeah, well, it was um, a denial of their loyalty. Sorry, I came a bit soon there. Denial of their loyalty, Stephen. Um, you know, you choose the behaviour, you choose the consequences. Mm. And there were a lot of consequences, nasty consequences that came upon the human family and we've inherited all of that and more so. Um, the first thing that strikes me, if you look at chapter 3 of Genesis and verse 10 is... Um, this is um, Adam talking to God now. And he says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So here's, here's the, the first humans hiding from God because they're afraid of him. You know, this is, a, this is a, an unrivaled tragedy. But they were always naked, weren't they? Weren't they? Um, but it wasn't a problem <laughs> at that point in time. And, and we have hints in the scripture of a covering of light um, over them as well. So they lost that light. They lost that, which was the symbol of their innocence. Yes, yes. that's indeed they did. Um, I mean, there were some terrible things going to happen. Um, just physically, things were going to be different. If you look at chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, um, Now God addresses um, Eve to the woman. He said, I'll greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. Um, I don't think this necessarily means God wanted women to have pain in childbirth, but that was a natural consequence, A, of being denied access to the tree of life. Yes. Um, and, and of course, a natural degeneration of the human race over the years since then. Um, so they, they lost quite a lot when you think about it. Um, Adam, um, he was told over in verse, uh, let's see, verse 17 of chapter 3, cursed is the ground for your sake. You see, these were the benefits even though there were nasty consequences in some respects, um, they were going to be important and helpful in their life, such as, he says, you're going to have to work harder now in your garden How to provide food. How can that benefit us if it's for your, if he says, for your sake? Well, Idle hands make mischief. It's a saying, it's a, there you go. It's a sta saying that we have. And there's and also a saying, no pain, no gain. <laughs> that's true. That's so in our fallen state, we might have to work harder to maintain our physical uh, health. I think that's true. Yeah. We do have to work harder and consistently to stay well. Um, but in addition to that, we need to be focused. We need to have other things to focus we us. We need to be employed. So that we're on, we're focusing on positive, healthy things. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Adam and Eve have two children, the Bible tells us, Cain and Abel. And in Genesis chapter 4, 3 to 5, we find them offering sacrifices upon an altar. Abel's offering of lamb was accepted but Cain's was not. Why was that, Rosemary? Well, for a start, um, if we look into Hebrews 9.20, it says that there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And God taught that to Adam and Eve through sacrifice, and then they taught those sacrifices to their children. So Abel brought a lamb from his flock, and he shed the blood, which is what was required and he knew that. Cain decided to bring vegetables he'd grown in his garden. There was no shedding of blood. It was his, the work of his own hands. 
And yeah. so he was offering himself as good enough. Whereas Abel was saying, I am by faith looking toward the Saviour who's going to come and die for me. Again, so Cain the power was sort of a symbolic off. act. Yes, Cain didn't do that. Mm. Cain was saying, I'm coming in my own strength, in my own power. I should be acceptable to God. And God said, no, that's not the right thing. Cain came with the wrong attitude toward yes. God because it doesn't happen just in an instant to have that wrong attitude. It had happened over a period of time that his attitude toward God and doing what God said changed and he chose to do his own thing. So I see a very important point here in that Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve were being tested, one, in their everyday life and second, in their worship to God. Is that the same today? Because I read in the Bible, it's full of instructions. Mm. Are we the same way being tested in what we do? Yeah, I think, I really think we are. I think that God is giving us little tests all the time on a daily basis Mm. to help us to grow in our character on the one hand and to probably help us to learn some things about ourselves on the other. Yes. Mm. Well, the, the Bible, the New Testament talks about through the things we suffer that we learn patience, we learn, you know, different different um, character traits and things. And we also, through our sufferings, learn to choose whether we're going to follow God or we're not going to follow God. And, and, and that's what, what life is about. And we, we are here to make a choice and our choice that we make here determines what we have in eternity. Okay, so our test today or during our lifetime decides our future. Mm. Yeah. yeah, very important. Now let's fast forward to the time of the Saviour. What does the scripture tell us about Mary and Joseph that can give us insights? These are the, the parents of Jesus. How Jesus had been educated by his parents. Mike. Yeah, um, there's an interesting statement. I'm just going to go to Luke chapter one, um, which describes the angel coming to Mary and breaking the news that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah. And uh, I'm just going to read a couple of verses there. First of all, chapter one of Luke, verse 26, which says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So it's just simply stating the fact here. And then down in verse 30, the angel addresses Mary and and the angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great and called the son of the highest and so on. So that's a beautiful picture here. But you have found favour with God. And I just think, wow, you know, what a a wonderful privilege she had. She was called to do do this amazing thing for God, to be the mother of the Messiah, and along with that, that was a privilege, but it was a huge responsibility as well. And she had the responsibility of educating the Son of God now as he grew up in the things of the Scripture that he himself had inspired yes. in his previous time before his incarnation. And so this wasn't a random choice, do you think? Do you, you don't think God just randomly chose Mary and Joseph, no, the Father, the Saviour? No. They must have been done doing something um, well before that, do you think? Mm. Yes, absolutely. Mm, definitely. Mm, they, they were very committed to God and, and faithful. Yes, and we'll look at that a bit more. As I like to read Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21, it says, Now the birth of J- Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, 
she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. And she was to call him uh, Jesus. So the, what does this tell us further about Mary and especially Joseph, um, Rosemary? Well, Joseph, obviously, it says here he was a just man or a righteous man. He must have been a, a, a really godly person. And the angel appears to him because he decides uh, my fiance is married, uh, is pregnant to another man. There's a real problem going on here. Imagine how he would have felt the situation he was in. Here's his fiance that he loves very much. She's pregnant and he knows it's not from him. So he decides to end their engagement, their, you know, their wedding that's about to come up. But he wanted to do it privately because she could be stoned. It's the penalty for infidelity. And so he wants to protect her from that. So he decides to do it privately, quietly. The angel comes and speaks to him and says, no, no, this baby's from God. Yes. This is God's child. You don't have to worry. Go ahead with your plans. So he decides to do that, but he will lose his reputation by, by going ahead and marrying her. The people will say that he is obviously the father and he has been doing the wrong thing with his fiancée before they've actually had the wedding. And so he would be bad-mouthed, he would be ruining his reputation and hers, and they could both be up for stoning. Yes. So think of how much was actually on the shoulders of this really nice, good, godly, pure man. Yes. I like the way that, um, that he didn't seek revenge from her. He just he cared for her, even to do though it, it seems to him that, mm. that she did the wrong thing. Yeah. So what does this also tell us about... Um, Joseph and Mary, considering God chose them to be parents to the Messiah, Mike? Um, it just shows how amazingly faithful they were. I think, um, yes, we can admire Joseph because as soon as he understood from the angel what was really going on, he said, that's God's will, that's what we'll do. And Mary had said the same thing, uh, bearing in mind um, she was the one to whom it was to happen. Um, so you've got, to be, you've got to really admire these two young people for their faithfulness to God and their determination to be obedient to what he's asked them to do. They were passing God's exams for sure to be put in this honorary mm. position. Mm. They it's were. clear. Yeah. Luke 2, we move forward in, in the life of Jesus. Luke 2 verses 41 to 50 tells us that Mary and Joseph went to Jerusalem like they did annually for the feast of the Passover. During this time, they somehow lost Jesus and started to come back without him. Amazing story. <laughs> it is. What does this tell us about Mary and Joseph's understanding of their son, Rosemary? Well, they didn't know very much because they wouldn't have left him behind if they had have, um, known more. But I think that they knew they had a special task to perform, but they had neglected it at that time. They went rushing back to look for him. It took them three days to find him in the temple, reasoning with the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, the, the priests and all. And they didn't realise 
that God had actually been teaching him, not just Mary, but God had been because he was the son of God and he had a much higher discernment of spiritual things and the things of the natural world because he was actually the creator. Yes. And so they just didn't understand that up to that point, especially. And when Jesus said, uh, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Was mm. that a rebuke to his parents? Or? I think it was a mild rebuke. I mean, mild rebuke. He, he kind of, and he kind of wondered why they didn't realize he'd be there in the <laughs> temple. Yeah. You know, he wasn't going to be off playing with the kids, right? yeah. the other boys. No, he, he was in the temple. He had something more important to be doing. He did. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. It wasn't disrespect to his parents, was it? No, it wasn't. No. no. Verse 46 states that, um, they found Jesus sitting in the midst of the doctors, hearing them and asking them questions. What does this tell us about Jesus' education, Mike? Okay, now he's a boy of 12, understand. That's amazing. And um, at 12 years of age, um, you don't know a great deal, but Jesus clearly did about spiritual things and about the scriptures. And his understanding was so deep, he was clearly confounding these men who were learned um, in the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, and uh, I think it's fantastic. So it tells you, A, his mother was faithful in sharing with him a deep understanding of the scripture, not just traditional thoughts, but of the scripture itself. Um, and in addition to that, he was, he, he was a child of prayer. And so he prayed his way through the scriptures that he read. And that prayer connects you with God and it tells me that education from God is more important than studying yourself, isn't it? Yeah. And there's yeah. also the other point, though, with Joseph, that Joseph taught him the art of carpentry because mm. Joseph was a carpenter. Jesus became a carpenter. So the mother and the father were both working, teaching. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. And so um, staying with you, Mike, mm. what part does communication have with education? OK, well, at its, at its bottom line, education is good communication. Like we, you know, we, we, when we talk about better teachers, we really talk about people who can communicate better. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world if you can't actually put, get it across to I your people. I had a pupil. teacher like that. Oh, didn't we all? And um, it's, you know, wisdom, wisdom is a beautiful thing to have if you can impart it to others. Mm. And knowledge is a wonderful thing too to impart to others. And in, we, we, we begin this sort of thing in our families. In the family, we develop relationships or ideally do with our children and are able then to communicate with them yes. about the things that really count. That's true education. Yeah, that's so important. Mm. Is there any other important attributes needed for being a good educator, Rosemary? In my own experience, I look back on my schooling and I found it easier to learn from a kind, friendly teacher them from someone who was strict and difficult. Uh, and so I find that if you want to be a good teacher or a good parent, you need to build a kind relationship with the student or the children. And then they will listen to you and they will learn yeah. in a much easier way. Let us bring valuable lessons from the first century education into our own situation. How can we build a strong family relationships. Once, once again, Rosemary. Well, I was looking through the Bible at some different verses and, and I'll, I'm just going to read to you the different things that I've found from those verses. It said, parents have a moral obligation to provide biblical modelling of Christ to their children. Children need to know their parents are truthful and worthy of their trust. Parents should be an example in even obeying authorities. 
That's important. Uh, parents need to speak well of others and not evil, be peaceable and gentle. They should not break the wills of their children, but they should mould their will. They should chasten and discipline to train their children, speaking patiently and kindly, not with angry, fitful words. Uh, they should tell them the truth in love and not be impatient. They should raise their children to be able to talk to them about anything so that when the children have a problem, they can trust their parents to give them wise and trustworthy counsel mm. and to be a friend. Uh, and don't misrepresent God to your children. That's something parents should not do because young people are very easy to discern hypocrisy yeah. in professed Christians. Is that why they rebel against parents? That's, I think mm. that's why they rebel against the church and any authority. They recognise hypocrisy very quickly. So parents have to guard against hypocrisy in their home. So this tells me, Rosemary, all those instructions tells me it's a great responsibility in bringing Massive. up a child. Mm. It really is. On, on the same subject, um, Mike, you're a father yourself. Can you tell me the father's responsibility in the family? Yes. Yeah, I can, I can share some thoughts with you. <laughs> I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, um, a very important verse of Scripture. When it's, and uh, th this is the Apostle Paul giving fathers some advice. Oh, I need this. And you fathers, and I would put here grandfathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Um, so here's a call. Yes, they need training. They need guidance. Um, but it's to be done um, kindly. I think that's the clear message here. Don't do provoke. not provoke your children to anger um, because um, you can be dictatorial and harsh and the children will run a mile. Yeah. Um, at least emotionally, if not, if not literally. Yeah. So we need to be able to be gentle and kind um, and has already been pointed out, be consistent in our own lives. It's no good telling mm. them to do something that we're not doing um, because they'll get that right away. And as you pointed out, Rosemary, they can detect hypocrisy a um, hundred kilometres away. Um, I like the description of Galat in Galatians 5 of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Galatians 5 verse 22. If we demonstrate these characteristics to our children, it's going to impact them enormously. Verse 22 of Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, as in patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm. These are the things that kids need to see in their, in their family. Yeah, mm. and, and so this tells me that the Bible is the best textbook, isn't it, for teaching us how to be good parents, role mm. models, and also um, even children. Mm. And so... Um, is there anything else in the Bible, Rosemary, about uh, being a good mother uh, and having responsibility? There are a lot of different verses about mothers, but one of the, you know, even God relates himself as a mother that in his emotional relationship with his children. But mothers have the most important role in society to raise good citizens. Outside the father, the mother has usually more contact with them and she has that important role. Um, she has the role of shaping their characters. Oh, that's a lot of the time in history, mm. you find mm. great men actually had a, a praying and spiritual mother. 
So often the success of a person is decided by the parents beforehand. Mm. Well, the mother. And, and if mothers are at all able to not go to work but to be home with their children, they should do everything they can to do that instead of having someone else in daycare or some other institution looking mm. after their children for them because they will lead them in the wrong direction with their characters. So if ever they can be home, they should. Yes. Um, and on this important subject, I'll ask another question. In the family, um, Mike, who has the greater responsibility for training the children, the father or the mother? It's a joint responsibility. Joint responsibility. Yeah, um, yeah. and um, each of them will have probably different areas they'll, they'll minister to their children in. Um, I think one thing we need to get across to our children is this, that the way they are treating the other members of the family as a child will, um, this is practice for how they will treat their own family when they're adults themselves. Mm -hmm. And if children can get that, that's going to help them. You know, the way they treat their siblings, the way boys treat their mother um, is generally a good guide as to how they'll treat their wife when they're older and married. So um, if, we can, if we can encourage our children to see life like that within the family, I think it's going to be helpful. And, and of course, um we know that because of our fallen nature, children are always going to show some negative attributes. And mm. so it's a test for adults to, to uh, discipline them correctly. Is that and right? Patiently. <laughs> and on that subject, yeah. um, if we turn to, we could learn from Deuteronomy 6 about the principles of Christian education, can't mm. we, Rosemary? We can, because in Deuteronomy 6, God is telling the people that they need to be not just following him themselves, but teaching their children to do the same. So one of the most important things of education is to teach your children to know God, to teach them to love God, to obey God. Um, but to do that, the parents need to be doing it themselves. Yeah. The parents need to be the example in what they do as well as in what they say, as we've sort of said before. Teach your children to love God, but you need to be doing it too. Yeah. Okay, so in Deuteronomy 6, there's a lot of language about um, parents to children, but are these admonitions just for children? And I'd like to give an instance in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8, which, so it's all through the Bible. It says, My son, hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. Once again, is, are these just for children? No, it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, there's a... Something I read even just this morning from Shelley Quinn, she said, obedience is a response of love and loyalty to God and the pathway to his blessings. So it has to be a response of love and parents need to teach that to their children, but people need to use that throughout their lives yeah. as they've learned it from their parents. Okay, is there a text that tells us that God is calling us a, a child? Uh, yes, when we go to 1 John 3, chapter um, verse 1, it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Yes. So that God is calling children. us all children. <laughs> In some mm. stages, we're all children, aren't we? That's right. Yeah. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us today. The most important question we can ask, as gleaned from this week's lesson, is are you educating your family according to the admonition that God has placed in his word? This education is revealed to us so that we can prepare for spending an eternity with God in heaven. It is never too late to enroll your family in God's school. If you haven't already started, I'd like to challenge you to do this right now. We are glad you joined us today on Let God Speak.
You can watch any past programs on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Teachers note, will find notes there to download. You can email us at lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Do join us next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.